All right, welcome back to the show. You're listening to Farm Machinery Digest Radio. I'm your host, Ray Bohax, the hot rod farmer. And what we're going to be discussing today is the radiator bypass circuit. But what I first need to do is back up a little bit and give you a quick review so that it has some context and this will make sense. We have a, on a liquid-cooled engine, we have a radiator, and then we have the coolant. And the it is misunderstood that the radiator cools the engine. The radiator does not cool the engine. The radiator cools the coolant, right? Which is probably not a proper sentence, but it cools the liquid. So the liquid that goes through the engine, be it water or some sort of antifreeze, either ethylene glycol or propylene glycol mix or what have you. A lot of new antifreezes today are propylene glycol instead of ethylene glycol. And that absorbs the heat from the engine. Then the coolant goes into the radiator and then the radiator actually displaces that heat and rejects it into the atmosphere. And then the coolant goes back into the engine. Now, almost, I should say, almost every engine that came from the factory had a thermostat. And the purpose of the thermostat is to control the coolant temperature and allow for a quick warm-up and to maintain the temperature so the engine does not get too hot or get too cold. But really, it's meant to maintain the temperature at a fixed level. So if there's a hundred, so if your engine is equipped with a 180-degree thermostat, then that means that the thermostat does not start to crack open and flow liquid through the radiator until it, the coolant becomes 180 degrees. Okay, people think that's a temperature that's going to be fully open. It is not. It's the crack open temperature. And I've discussed this before on this show, but this is a, just a review. And most thermostats take between 10 and 20 degrees more liquid temperature to go from crack open, where you have flow, to fully open. All right, now, if you're listening to what I'm saying, that I said the crack open for where you have flow. Where is that flow? Where is that flow going? And that is why it is called the radiator bypass circuit. On an engine, when the thermostat is closed, the coolant does not go to the radiator. You can It stays in the engine block, and if there were not a bypass circuit, it would stay there and just sit and boil, and the water pump would cavitate. Cavitate means that it can't, it's going to create air bubbles because it's going to be churning around the water pump impeller. So every engine uses what's called a bypass. Some engines have a bypass hose. Some engines have an internal bypass circuit. But regardless, when the thermostat is closed, then the coolant is actually flowing through the radius. So think of it like a, um, a, a watering trough for, for cattle, right? If you would took, take, took a big stick, all right, or let's say a two by four, and you went in there and you turned the water around, and just kept on churning the water, it would be going around in that trough. It would not be going out of the trough. So that is what's happening inside the engine. Why is the radiator bypass circuit necessary? Well, for a couple of reasons. 
Number one, as I sta- stated briefly, is that you cannot have the water, you do not, not desirous to have the water pump cavitate. Because if the water pump cavitates, then you're going to have air bubbles, you're going to have a lack of flow. And also, what a lot of people do not understand is that when the water pump is cavitating, it creates a low pressure area, and it's usually around the shaft, and that low pressure area will impact the seal and it'll start to deteriorate the seal and violate the seal. And since it's a lip seal, because it goes onto the shaft of the water pump, once you violate it, it's historically game over and will start to leak. And then as it wears, it'll leak more. So the bypass circuit allows a a flow of water through the engine, and also it it must be recognized that an engine's hottest part is the cylinder head the combustion chamber in the cylinder head and around the exhaust valve because that is where the chemical to mechanical energy transfer takes place so the heat is pulled from i'm stormy warren from the highway for singers and songwriters chasing their dreams to music city taking that broadway exit to nashville for the very first time is a moment they will never forget country music's biggest stars join me on my new original podcast exit 209 and relive those moments listen now to hear my talk with country superstars florida georgia line only on the sirius xm app now home to the best collection of podcasts in one place free for most subscribers download it today and tap podcasts How can you make more profit from your soybeans this year? I'm Darren Hefty. We'll answer that question at our free Ag PhD Soybean Agronomy Workshop Thursday, February 8th at the Morton Center near Baltic, South Dakota. We'll dive deep into your best options for control of yield-robbing pests, trade options including extend flex and enlist, fertility, and much more. If you want to make raising beans more lucrative and more fun, come to the free Ag PhD Soybean Agronomy Workshop. Learn more at agphd.com. I'm Mark Oppold with an American Agriculture History Minute brought to you by AgriLiquid. AgriLiquid is again bringing you Crop Nutrition Week, February 5th through the 9th. It's five days of online learning. Register at CropNutritionWeek.com. Horses and oxen provided a lot of the power on American farms until the mid-1800s. Oxen were too slow to pull some of the new machinery producers were using in the 1850s and 1860s. Most of the horses were fast enough, but they tired quickly. Powerful animals like the draft horse used in Europe were needed, and they were quickly imported, Belgians, Clydesdales, and others. And Iowa, Ohio, Michigan, and Illinois became a leader in breeding draft horses. That's today's American Agriculture History Minute. I'm Mark Oppold. All right, welcome back to the show. You're listening to Farm Machinery Digest Radio. I'm your host, Ray Bohax, the hot rod farmer. And what we're going to be discussing today is the radiator bypass circuit. But what I first need to do is back up a little bit and give you a quick review so that it has some context and this will make sense. We have a, on a liquid-cooled engine, we have a radiator and then we have the coolant. And the it is misunderstood that the radiator cools the engine the radiator does not cool the engine the radiator cools the coolant right which is probably not a proper sentence but it cools the liquid so the liquid that goes through the engine be it water or some sort of antifreeze 
either ethylene glycol or propylene glycol mix or what have you. A lot of new antifreezes today are propylene glycol instead of ethylene glycol. And that absorbs the heat from the engine. Then the coolant goes into the radiator and then the radiator actually displaces that heat and rejects it into the atmosphere. And then the coolant goes back into the engine. Now, almost, I should say almost every engine that came from the factory had a thermostat. And the purpose of the thermostat is to control the coolant temperature and allow for a quick warm-up and to maintain the temperature so the engine does not get too hot or get too cold. But really, it's meant to maintain the temperature at a fixed level. So if there's a hundred, so if your engine is equipped with a 180-degree thermostat, then that means that the thermostat does not start to crack open and flow liquid through the radiator until it, the coolant becomes 180 degrees. Okay, people think that's a temperature that's going to be fully open. It is not. It's the crack open temperature. And I've discussed this before on this show, but this is just a review. And most thermostats take between 10 and 20 degrees more liquid temperature to go from crack open, where you have flow, to fully open. All right, now, if you're listening to what I'm saying, that I said the crack open for where you have flow. Where is that flow? Where is that flow going? And that is why it is called the radiator bypass circuit. On an engine, when the thermostat is closed, the coolant does not go to the radiator. You can It stays in the engine block, and if there were not a bypass circuit, it would stay there and just sit and boil, and the water pump would cavitate. Cavitate means that it can't, it's going to create air bubbles because it's going to be churning around the water pump impeller. So every engine uses what's called a bypass. Some engines have a bypass hose. Some engines have an internal bypass circuit. But regardless, when the thermostat is closed, then the coolant is actually flowing through the radiator. So think of it like a, um, a, a watering trough for, for cattle, right? If you would took, took a big stick, all right, or let's say a two by four, and you went in there and you turned the water around, and just kept on churning the water, it would be going around in that trough. It would not be going out of the trough. So that is what's happening inside the engine. Why is the radiator bypass circuit necessary? Well, for a couple of reasons. Number one, as I stated briefly, is that you cannot have the water, you do not, not desirous to have the water pump cavitate. Because if the water pump cavitates, then you're going to have air bubbles, you're going to have a lack of flow. And also, what a lot of people do not understand is that when the water pump is cavitating, it creates a low-pressure area, and it's usually around the shaft, and that low-pressure area will impact the seal, and it'll start to deteriorate the seal and violate the seal. And since it's a lip seal, because it goes onto the shaft of the water pump, once you violate it, it's historically game over and will start to leak. And then as it wears, it'll leak more. So the bypass circuit allows a, a, a flow of water through the engine. And also, it must, it must be recognized 
that an engine's hottest part is the cylinder head, the combustion chamber in the cylinder head, and around the exhaust valve, because that is where the chemical to mechanical energy transfer takes place. So the heat is pulled from the cylinder head into the liquid coolant. But you're saying, hot rod, the coolant goes through the manifold and it goes through the engine block. Yes, it does. But the hottest place or the hardest place for it to cool where there is the most heat is the cylinder head. And that's why some engines are what they call reverse flow cooling. What they do is back years ago, traditionally, they put the coolant into the block first and it started to ready. It's hot, right? But not that hot. And then put it into the cylinder head and the, the coolant was ready at an elevated temperature and then go into the radiator to, to reject its heat into the atmosphere. And then a reverse flow cooling engine, which there's a lot of modern engines or reverse flow cooling, is that the coolant goes into the cylinder head first. So around the combustion chamber and the exhaust valve, and becomes and and is is the cool and is the lowest in temperature, so it could pull more heat out of the cylinder head, and then it goes into the engine block. So that is what's identified as reverse flow cooling. So if you did not have this bypass circuit, the coolant would stay very stagnant in the engine block. The pump would be trying to pump it. You'd be having a lot of little eddies there in the, in the like eddies, like the, like in a stream, the water flowing around a rock. You'd have all of these all of these issues. The pump would be cavitating. I uh, would create a low pressure area, depending upon where the cavitation is, usually around the shaft and the seal. And then also the engine would not warm up uniformly because you would have stagnant coolant. So just like if you want to try to heat something up with a torch, right? You don't go there, you're heating up a, a, a nut and a bolt, a rusty nut and bolt on a plow, right? You're going to get out the old mold bolt plow out of the bushes. And uh, you're heating up. What you do is you go back and forth slowly and you wave the torch over it. You don't hold it in one particular spot and just get that one area hot because you want to have the rusted bolt or nut increase in temperature as uniformly as you can if you did not if if the engine was not able to allow to have that coolant when the thermostat was closed because remember when the thermostat is closed the water pump is still running it's still trying to do something and then the engine would not warm up uniformly and you would have hot spots and colder spots and that is not good for the engine because you would have probably a superheated cylinder head or combustion chamber near exhaust valve maybe in one particular cylinder and you would not be removing any heat or transferring any heat to the engine block to the bores themselves so by circulating this coolant through the water through the bypass circuit then it's allowing the engine to warm up uniformly so what happens is that you get into well we'll say a vehicle makes a different farm tract or whatever anything with a liquid cooled engine and the ambient temperature it, it doesn't have this happens at 90 degrees in the summertime because if the thermostat crack open point is 180 or 200 degrees then even in the middle of, des- of the desert the thermostat is closed on the initial start of the engine so now the engine starts right now keep in mind specifically years ago so you have an old grain truck or something with a carburetor that usually they would fast they would not usually they would fast idle the engine when it was cold so now we have this thermostat is closed 
the engine is fast idling all right and then the coolant is not it's the radiator bypass so what is it bypassing it is the coolant is bypassing the radiator it's not being allowed to go into the radiator so what it does is now it's circulating in the engine block and now this thermostat has some heat transfer from the liquid because it's acting like a dam it's stopping it from coming going to the radiator and heat transfer and it starts to warm up and it starts to open thermostats use a wax pellet they call it a wax motor and what happens is this wax pellet inside the thermostat housing all right melts and that is what is allowing the thermostat to open because this thermostat is spring-loaded closed. So this wax pellet melts, and because the liquid is incompressible, it starts to expand, and the therm- and this wax pellet, the expansion of the wax in the, com- in the chamber of the thermostat, which is in the center where the, where the, um, where the shaft is, pushes up against the spring pressure and opens it so now this wax pellet starts to melt and the thermostat starts to open what is happening then well some of the liquid coolant is now going into the radiator and the rest of it is still circulating around the engine block once the thermostat is fully open all right then it allows for coolant to go into the radiator and for the radiator to do its job as a heat exchanger right it's what's called a liquid to air heat exchanger but there is the false belief that all of the coolant goes through the radiator once the thermostat opens so what we're going to do is we're going to discuss that false belief and why it is so important for you to understand this specifically if you want your engines and your water pump to be able to last We start off the new year with the 2024 Tournament of Roses Parade, Monday at 11 a.m. Eastern. And then we air the California Circuit Finals, Monday through Wednesday, 8 p.m. Eastern. Thursday through Saturday at 8.30 p.m. Eastern, tune in for the Sand Hill Stock Show and Rodeo on Rural Radio Channel 147, Sirius XM. Listen to Rural Radio anytime, Sirius XM Channel 147 and the Sirius XM app. The Cowboy Channel Bar and the Cowgirl Channel Speakeasy, located in the historic Fort Worth Stockyards, is the first ever bar dedicated 100% to Western sports. Watch live rodeo on one of the 11 televisions, including the 2023 National Finals Rodeo. Cowboy Channel Bar is your ticket to the best drinks and most iconic rodeos from across the country. Saddle up to the bar seven days a week or head downstairs to the historic Speakeasy on the weekends. Located right under the Fort Worth Stockyard sign, visit the Cowboy Channel Bar today. Dairy Price Outlook for 2024. With this American Ag Today update, I'm Jesse Allen. Well, dairy prices ended 2023 on a down note. Katie Burgess, Director of Risk Management for Ever Ag, talks about the 2024 outlook. Our expectations for prices next year is kind of middle of the road. We expect it to be better than 2023, but it's kind of a tightrope. Globally, milk supply is starting to tighten up a little bit. So if supply is tighter, maybe that means higher prices. But we are still really concerned about global dairy demand. We see places like China buying a lot less, Southeast Asia, Japan is taking less product. And all of those are big customers of dairy generally and for us in the U.S., 
And Burgess adds that success in 2024 will depend on higher demand for dairy products, saying if demand doesn't pick up, it could be another year of soft prices in the dairy industry. Again, that's comments with Katie Burgess from EverAg. With this American Ag Today update, I'm Jesse Allen. All righty, welcome back to the show. So before we went over, went to the sponsor break, we were discussing how when the thermostat opens and it starts to allow some of the coolant to go into the radiator and then lower its temperature. But the but while, when it's just cracked open, the majority of coolant is still circulating in the block. And as I was saying before the break, is that then once the thermostat opens fully, it is a false assumption, which is conventional wisdom, which I'm not blaming anybody for it, is that you would tend to think that all of the coolant is going through the radiator. That is not the case unless the engine has what is called a bypass thermostat. Now, if you worked on any newer engines, lots, and you saw the thermostat from it, if not, you could just, if you haven't had this opportunity, go onto the internet and do an internet search, bypass thermostat, uh, Ford, whatever, 4.6, Chevy motor, whatever. Almost everybody's using them today. And you would see that the thermostat looks almost the same on the top, which would be, it's called a poppet thermostat. And then, but it has another leg on it with another disc on the bottom and and another frame around it. So that is a bypass thermostat. So what it does is that when the thermostat is fully open, so it's reached its op- the coolant operating temperature to fully open, reca- recapping in few, it's 10 to 20 degrees above the pop open or crack open point, depending upon the design of the thermostat, is that it will now close off. So it's like a washer on a sink. It This disc comes down and closes off the bypass circuit. So this allows or forces, I should say, all of the coolant to go through the radiator. And this is how the engine manufacturers, gasoline or diesel, farm tractor automobiles, have allowed the cooling systems to become more effective without increasing the size of the radiator. That's one of the ways they've done it. The other way they did it many years ago is by using the heater core as a heat exchanger, and that's called a blend air system. There's no more heat control valve in most applications. So if you have an old Chevy grain truck, using that because they were popular, you have an old farm tractor, it will not have a bypass thermostat. In that particular application, then what will what will occur is that when the thermostat is fully open, a percentage, what is the percentage, depends upon the size of the bypass circuit, will not allow that coolant. So all of the coolant is not going to go to the radiator. And on a but with a bypass thermostat system, it forces all of the coolant to go through the radiator when the thermostat is open. All right, so that is very, very important. That's one of the ways that they've made the cooling system more efficient because you're not having, it would be like having, not washing out a sprayer, right? You got some residue. Some of the coolant is never going through the radiator and reducing its temperature to come back into the engine. Now, the other thing to keep in mind is that 
when an engine is cold, regardless if it has a bypass thermostat or not, but specifically if it does not have a bypass thermostat, because a bypass thermostat is not going to uh, is going to block all of, block the bypass passage and have force it all through the radiator. But if you have an older style thermostat, and you could go, if, you know, I'm not asking you to go take your combine apart right and then see what kind of thermostat does it have right the thing basically is what i'm asking you to do then is do a search for a thermostat for that application right you could use the internet for that you could go to the dealer you don't have to go to the the internet and look up what case combine this model year this model thermostat and see if you get a representative picture all right because you want to make sure it's a representative picture not something that's just a, a generic thermostat so when you have an engine that does not have a bypass style thermostat a conventional old-fashioned thermostat it is very important even on an engine with a bypass thermostat so i should really correct that because that wasn't 100 percent true is that when the engine is cold and the thermostat is closed right that you do not want to let the engine rpm get too high it doesn't mean you can't use it, you can't drive it away, you can't put it under load, because if you put an engine under load, it will warm up very quickly. But you don't want to bring the engine speed up too high when the thermostat is closed, regardless if it's bypass or not. I Like I said, I, sp- I, I spoke, there was a false... It was a false statement, partially false statement, because you will end up causing cavitation by the water pump. And if you cause cavitation by the water pump, over time, you are going to impact that seal. And if you show me a person that has an engine that that eats water pumps, eats, what I mean by eating water pump is that they've had a number of instances when the seal started to leak prematurely i'm not gonna say it's never gonna leak all right but leak prematurely said i got this truck and i put you know three water pumps on it right i got this tractor put three water pumps on it i will show you 99 chances out of 100 that someone has a habit i'm not saying it's one time but has a habit of bringing that engine up to an elevated rpm while the thermostat is still closed and it is only working through the coolant is only flowing through the bypass circuit and it is causing that pump to cavitate now modern engines in every application warm up very quickly all right so the idea of that bypass circuit being warmed not allowing the coolant to go to the radiator allows it to circulate and warm up quickly which we established in the other last segment but the fact of the matter is you do not want to get out onto the highway all right using that as an example get out onto the highway and then that engine is still cold and that thermostat is still partially closed all right only open a little bit and be forcing all of that coolant through that bypass circuit because you are going to cavitate that water pump now keep in mind also that a lot of diesel engines run two thermostats right so the bypass circuit is extremely extremely important in those applications also because they use the two thermostats to control the temperature because they size the control so they size the radiator so that the end so it has enough heat rejection under full load 
But under partial load, you're not putting that much heat in the coolant. So if they only used one thermostat, and some of them do only use one thermostat, then it's harder to control. It's 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 more digital. It's not linear. You're not able to have that that smooth transition. So on and when it, when the, a thermostat is partially closed it's called thermostatic control so if you have a diesel engine with a primary and secondary thermostat when you're idling it the secondary thermostat most likely is closed when you're pulling that hill or pulling that that heavy planter that center fill planter and the liquid temperature is going up then that second thermostat opens and allows all of the coolant so it's almost like a bypass circuit that is built that is built into the engine so uh and into its design so i want to thank you so so much for listening and i want you to know that the hot rod farmer is pulling for you the american farmer and rancher and if you have any questions about thermostats or anything else please feel free to reach out to me at hot rod farmer at farmmachinerydigest.com you have a blessed day and thank you so much for listening Hey y'all, my name is Jenna Heideman. Each Sunday at 2 p.m. Eastern, I get to hear the music and life stories of singers and songwriters with Western roots. I'm not a cowgirl, but as much as I love this culture, I dang sure should have been one. Tune in right here on Rural Radio to Should Have Been a Cowgirl and hear the stories right from our Music Row studios that you won't find anywhere else. A little bit of rodeo and a whole lot of country music. That's Sundays at 2 p.m. Eastern on Rural Radio, channel 147 on Sirius XM. When the work is done and it's time to relax, that's where you come around the bend with me, Rebecca Warner, a.k.a. Beck, the host of The Bend Radio Show. Each week, we bring you the stories from the trail that you just don't hear anywhere else, from Western lifestyle and entertainment and rodeo to stalking that trophy deer to climbing in the kayak and even some campfire cuisine. Come around the bend Saturday at 1 p.m. Eastern time each week on Real Radio Channel 147. Tune in to Rural Evening News on Rural Radio, where we walk you through the headlines of the day surrounding agriculture, policy, and markets from around the world. It's an unbiased take on what's happening, so you can focus on growing the best crop. Rural Evening News, weeknight, 7.30 p.m. Eastern, 4.30 Pacific, on Rural Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 147, your agribusiness and Western lifestyle channel. Hi, this is Jimmy Stirrer of the Saturday Night Polka Party. Thanks for listening to Rural Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 147.